Good morning. Welcome to the Hope. Got my specs on. No longer 2020. <laughs> uh, well, today's message is uh, a little bit different than, than you, well, at least the title might, might be a little bit different than you'd expect, but don't let it throw you. I, I don't want it up yet. I'll get there. I know you're, you're ants and you're, you, Big John, he's back there. Oh, do you miss it? Ah, better. Anyway. So today is the first service of the new year. How many can say, woohoo? Woo yeah. And what I'm about to share with you, I really felt like it's from the Lord for us. And I believe it gives us a, a fresh perspective of what the Lord has in store for his church in 2021. And I have to admit that I was a little nervous when I first caught hold of this, but at the same time, I was excited. I'm also challenged because I believe that God is going to do something in his church this year that he's not done before. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I believe it's going to have a powerful effect on our neighbors and our friends and our families and the world in general. A couple of months ago, Pastor Tim Delena, who was the pastor of, jeez, uh, uh, thank you, Times Square, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, uh, he, he's an amazing man, and he was a pastor in Michigan many years, uh, and thankfully, he had the opportunity to pour out his heart to a room full of Assemblies of God ministers in Novi, Michigan, back in November. From that, he shared a vision that the Lord had given him. And when I, when I heard it, honestly, I just about crumbled. I was like, Lord, this is amazing. And I know that there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. But sometimes the techniques, the, the way that he does things does change. And I believe that this year is going to be a year with a lot of change. Even a, How many would admit to this that 2020 was kind of like a year of a whole lot of poo? Huh? All right, somebody said. All right. And you know, we're still digging out of it. <laughs> Not literally, but well, some of you might be. I wasn't even sure that the church was going to survive this past year. But I'm here to tell you that we did. And I'm excited. Amen. That's, that's the Lord. In fact, not only did we survive, but I believe we're better, we're stronger, we're healthier. Because 2020 caused you and me to get lean and mean. The devil planned to bury us. But guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. To God be all the glory. So today I want to talk about the problem that they had back in 1894. It was a poo problem. In fact, it was known as a whole lot of poo. 
I wanted to start with London. You know where that is? United Kingdom. Well, London was the first country to exceed a million people since the time of Rome. So it was a pretty big deal. And back in about this time, 1894-ish, they were almost at 5 million people. That's a lot of people. But it wasn't the people that was producing the poo. They had 50,000 horses in that city to get people moving around the city. They had transports to move the food around. They had taxi services. And all of these horses had to eat. And when you eat, you poo. Each horse produced 15 to 35 pounds of manure each day. And two pints of urine. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a barn that hadn't been cleaned in a while. But I want to tell you, it ain't pleasant. The horse excrement was poisoning the people, not to mention an extraordinary number of flies. Can you imagine that? And they carry disease, like typhoid fever, etc. That's what they were dealing with. The, the Times newspaper finally did the math, and they said within 50 years, we, every street in London will have nine feet of manure in it. Woo-hoo. I don't know what you'd do there. Would you move your entrances up a level? I, I don't know. All I know is the great manure crisis of 1894 had taken place. That's a lot of poop. Well, guess what? New York struggled with it, too. Now, New York only had about 3.5 million people. They weren't quite at the number that London had at this time. However, they had 100,000 horses. Produced 2.5 million pounds of manure each day. (laughs) That's a lot of poop. Every vacant lot had between 45 and 60 feet of manure on it. They didn't know what to do with it. They had nowhere to take it, nowhere to put it. Finally, somebody got the bright idea, hey, why don't we all get together and we'll discuss the poo problem? And they did. And they met for 10 days, and they came up with Nothing. (laughs) Nobody had a solution. What do you do? Get rid of the horses? Well, kind of. The answer came from something that was totally outside of the poo problem. It was a totally new solution. Transportation. Now with London, it started with electric cars, not cars, but actually, uh, what do they call them, trolleys. The trolleys, they, they got rid of a tremendous number of the horses because they no longer had to taxi people in those great big coaches all over the city. And then, huh, 
Something happened in Detroit. Yeah, somebody, I think his name was Chevy, no, <laughs> was Ford. And he came up with an idea to mass produce the automobile. And by 1912, the poo problem was no longer a problem because we had gone to gasoline cars and trucks. How cool is that? They did not fix the problem. They invented something completely new. Come on. Would you mind if I just interjected a little prayer here? Father, we just ask again today that you would just guide this church, Lord, your body. Help us to see what's on the horizon, what you have in store for us. And I know through history, many Christians developed new ideas and new uh, inventions that changed the way we're living today. And we pray, Lord, that you would guide us. Holy Spirit, that you would infill us with your presence to such a degree that we would see things differently than we do now. That you'd give us heaven-sent ideas, Lord. And that we would even come up with solutions for many of the problems that this world faces today. Lord, we love you, and as your church, we commit our church, the hope, and all those listening online, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. What if God were to tell us, I'm going to do something new, something completely new with my church? If 2020 showed us anything, it's that the, our church will never go back to being normal, the way that it used to be. I think there's going to be a new normal, but it's not going to look like it did before last year. And I believe that the Lord is challenging us, each one of us, not just me, not just the leaders of the church. He's challenging each one of us individually to think outside of the box. And that's not easy to do because we like things when they're comfortable. Most of you come in here and you sit in the same seat every time you come to church, unless a new person is in your seat. And then please don't ever, 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 ever say, that's my seat. Because I will jump on you like flies on poo if I see that. Now, I just had somebody share that with me recently and I had to laugh. They moved, so that was a good thing. It's like, hey, they're in our seat. I'll just let them alone. I believe the Lord, and, and I know you're not going to like this. Some of you will, but most of you won't. And I, I, I try to be creative. I try to be... It's that word that nobody likes that starts with an F. And I believe the Lord's challenging us, His church, to do this, to fast. Now, I'm not looking at anybody else in this room. I'm just looking down. I should have everybody stand up and look down. Can you see your toes? 
So there's probably not too many of you in this room that would have an issue with this. And, and we're talking about two weeks. All right? So for 14 days, we're going to start fasting starting the 11th. So a week from tomorrow. And I want to teach on this next Sunday to just give you guys a clue about what you can do and some of the benefits. Because fasting and prayer, man, there, there's a ton of good that comes from it. Not just individually either. It's, it's corporate. Things change. Heaven comes to earth through fasting and prayer. I believe that with all my heart. And I don't know why we always pick this time of the year to do it, but we do. And if you would join me, and I'm talking to you online as well, if you would join us uh, beginning the 11th. So tune back in next Sunday, and I'll explain some of the different ways that you can fast and pray and so on. But I believe this is coming from the Lord. He's challenging us to fast and to pray and to seek his face. Now, you've got to add that last part. Because if you're just fasting and praying, well, you, <laughs> that's silly. Don't you want answers? I do. I want to hear from the Lord. I want to know, Lord, what do you have for this church for 2021 and beyond? And Barb said it earlier. She said, look, we need to wait on the Lord. The, the last song we sang said, we will wait until he speaks. Because if you get out ahead of him, I've told this story before, but it bears witness. I used to have a dog named Frida, little yipper, miniature fox terrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time we'd let her out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how she barked. That was, it was terrible. She woke the kids up, woke the neighbors up. Every time we let her out. And she thought she was bad, even though she was 10 pounds. Maybe, yeah, about 10, maybe 15. Well, then we got Smokey. We had Smokey for about a year. Smokey was a, a Timberwolf shepherd mix. She was legal. And we got her for about a year. And Frida figured out, now I got a bouncer. I got power behind me. She loved it. And if somebody'd go by our house out front and we'd open the door, she'd run out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And run up to him because she was ferocious because Smokey, who was 140 pounds and looked like a wolf, everybody's like, whoa. She all right? <laughs> And Frida must have sensed that. And then one day, Barb decided to play a trick on her. She opened the door, and Frida went out the door. <laughs> and then she shut it before Smokey got out. And she made it about halfway into the yard, going after the people that were on the road. And she must have done like one of those little, to make sure her bouncer was behind her. And she realized she was all by herself. And it was, yay, 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 yay. She ran back up to the house. Just like that. I mean, it was hilarious. That's us. When we get ahead of God, 
It's like you shut the door on the Holy Ghost and you're all by yourself out there. That's not where you want to be, by the way. You want the Lord to be with you. For if God is with us, who can be against us? We need to ask Him for heaven-sent ideas and how we can usher in the kingdom of God in 2021. Do you realize that we're here for one reason? His reason. I'm reading a book right now for my master's class, and it, it has to do with our purpose. And it's just like, wow, is this fitting. I love the fact that it landed right here because you're going to hear a lot more about this. But the main idea is this. We all have a purpose. And it's our responsibility, each one as an individual, to figure out what does God want me to do. And if you don't get that, if you don't figure that out, then you're going to go aimlessly through life. And what does that lead to? Misery, discontent, always questioning. If you want to be blessed beyond measure, figure out what God's plan for your life is. Because that's your purpose. We're here to usher in the kingdom of God. So that leads to a question. Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? How many are just tired of... I'm tired of, of being all about me. I want to be something bigger. And it's going to require each one of us to pull up our anchor. You know what? That's a fishing term, right? A boating term. But too many of us have thrown the anchor out. You got that picture in your head? Have you ever been in a boat with an anchor down? It, it might still move a little bit, unless it hangs up on a root or something. But you're not going to go very far, are you? And, and this is my concern, and I believe it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, was that, Norm, too many of you have your anchors out. So you need to do one of two things, folks. Either pull in the anchor, or cut the rope. That's really a faith move. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because then you're fully trusting that God is going to make sure you go where you need to go next and beyond. And you just hope that you don't run into a waterfall. That'll catch up with you later. Pull up your anchor. Let the Holy Spirit move in and through you. Here's the thing. God's plan always succeeds. God's plan always succeeds. If the Lord is behind it, and this is a proverb, then it will succeed. If you try to do something new and you feel like the Lord inspired you to do it, it and you commit it to Him, it's going to succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Too many of us, though, we neglect this. So what I'd like to see us do in the next couple of weeks, few weeks, 
or month or year is this. Seek God, fast and pray, get His heart, and then commit it to Him and see what happens next. Now, our board's meeting on Tuesday to discuss the future of the church. We would covet your prayers Tuesday that we get heaven-sent ideas. But it's not going to end there. That's just the beginning of what God wants to do with the hope, with you people. I'm looking forward to the day when this virus is done for, it's eliminated, and you're able to come back to church again. We miss you, if I can say that. Amen? And, and I appreciate everybody, uh, most of you anyway, wearing your masks, at least coming in the room. And I only say this, but here's the thing. Uh, there's a website that talks about the, uh, the numbers, and it's the Northwest Michigan Health thing. And it has dropped. I'm excited. It's dropped. We just looked at it before I came out here. And back in the early part of December, we had 1,322 active cases and 35 new cases every day. Today, I think we're at uh, 388 active cases with 10 new cases. So it's really gone down. We haven't beat the thing yet, but I'm just saying I, I believe it's because we've actively been trying to do our part. And I appreciate everyone uh, that has been able to do that. So what's next? That's what we have to ask the Lord. He knows everything that's coming at us. He knows what's coming next week, next month, next year. And all we need to do is ask. Seek his face. Amen? Commit your actions to the Lord, your plans will succeed. I, I've memorized that one. It's pretty easy to memorize, but it's also a pretty easy number, 16.3. So two weeks, 14 days, starting January 11th through the 24th, and next Sunday I'll hit that a lot more, and hopefully you'll consider it between now and then. So what I would ask, though, before I move to the next part of this, between now and Sunday, ask the Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? And maybe he'll specifically speak something into your life, or you'll see something on Facebook or, or Instagram that'll show you what he wants you to do next. Maybe there's something in your life that's near and dear to you, and he's going to tell you, I, that thing, I want you to... Maybe it's a video game. Now, I know the younger people are like... Uh, don't ask me to leave Zelda alone. I don't think I can be away from her very long. No! Not Zelda! We played uh, Mario Kart the last week with my family. <laughs> I lost. I don't think she's in here, but my daughter-in-law is the supreme being. She wins. Your daughter, oh my gosh, you know. You know, she just tromped everybody. But it was still fun. We, we enjoyed it. Moving on. Psalms. I want to read Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. And basically what it's telling us to do is meditate on it. Feed on it, if you will. 
put it up behind me. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord. And if you would, just put in there the word. The law is the word. The word of God. The Bible. So they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. You and I should be in that book every day, at least for a while, if not longer. How long, Pastor? Ask the Lord to give you a time. For some of you, 10 minutes is about all you can do. Maybe twice a day, 10 minutes. And then you're like, squirrel. Pastor Barb's looking at me. She's nodding. For some of you, you might be able to digest for 30 minutes before your brain is going, whoa, that's a lot. Seek the Lord. Ask Him, what would you have me do? What does it do for you? Verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I talked about this a lot last week. I talked about how the Lord expects His people to what? Bear fruit. I've, I've kind of hammered that thought. And, and I believe this again is from the Holy Spirit. He's telling us, look, if you're my disciple, you will bear fruit. And what did I say you had to do in order to bear fruit? Stay connected to the vine. And that's Jesus. We have to be connected with our Lord and our Savior. So those who delight in the Lord, this is the new part, like trees firmly planted, they will not wither. Your roots will go down. You'll have a taproot down to the water line. Even when there's drought, you will still be healthy. You'll produce fruit. And it, and it says in season, okay? Even though Jesus looked at uh, the, the, was it the fig tree, it was out of season when he caused it to wither and die. He was just trying to show him he had the power. He had the power to make that tree wither and die. But us, he doesn't expect you to produce fruit out of season. There's a time. But we have to know the time. How do we know the time? We stay connected to the vine. The Holy Spirit will tell you it's time to bear fruit. He'll tell you what to do to bear fruit, whatever that is. There might be a, a young man in your school who needs to hear about Jesus. And you're the one he's going to use to bear fruit, to bring that young man to Christ before he commits suicide. Do you know how many kids are doing that today? I don't even want to go there. A lot. Why? Because they have no hope. Because nobody's told them that there is somebody that loves them. His name is Jesus. And I know he got a hold of my life. And I know he's gotten a hold of many of yours. So don't give up on the people around you. Keep telling them about the Lord. And everything they do will prosper. <laughs> this is talking about the Lord's people. 
I believe this is what he's got in store for us in 2021. To be prosperous, yes, it can mean finance, but it can also mean health. How many would like some of that this year? But we have to do our part, whatever that looks like. For some of us, it means we need to stop eating things that we shouldn't or limit what we're eating. If you're eating six gallons of ice cream every night, you're probably going to end up in the hospital pretty soon. (laughs) Right? We were talking about it before uh, we came out here that when you fast, when you do a complete fast, and I'm not suggesting, I'll talk more about this next week, but when you do that, you get these headaches, like migraines that make your eyes grow cross-eyed. One of the brothers said, well, that's from caffeine. I said, no. It's from sugar. (laughs) Some of us need to now, if, if nobody's here next Sunday, <laughs> bunch of ice creamaholics. This next part is the warning. Verses 4 to 6, but not the wicked. They're, they aren't going to prosper. <laughs> Their roots aren't going to go down deep. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. I went into more detail on this a week or two ago. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked, what? This is where I got in trouble. And I'm telling on myself. But how many of you, when you read that, verse 4 there, you said, good, that's not me. These are the sinners. I'm born again. I'm I'm blood-bought born again. I don't have to worry about it. Those wicked sinners. I kind of had that attitude. I'm telling on myself. They get what they got. They're going to get what they got coming to them. And it's true. Jesus said, You reap what you sow. But I shouldn't be happy about that. And here's what I got. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me. He said, Norman, each of those wicked sinners is a human being. Maybe even your neighbor. (laughs) And you smugly felt relieved because you're born again and your sins have been forgiven through the blood of the Lamb. Instead of relief, this is where I really felt it, instead of relief, your heart should wrench at the thought of people, your neighbors going to hell. You should be praying for them trying to convince them of the need of a Savior. My church, my people are meant for this. That was my rebuke. And I repented. (laughs) I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I read that wrong and 
Ouch. Yes, delight in the Lord and prosper. But don't get smug about the loss of sinners. Pastor Tim then pointed out that the prophet Jeremiah, he spoke to the Israelites, and and it it was really kind of cool because, and I'll share this in a minute, but what he said to them through Jeremiah was similar to something that I shared a week ago, two weeks ago now. And it was looking ahead. The Lord was saying to the people here in, in Jeremiah 16, and I'm, I'm going to read verses 14 and 15, but he was saying, I don't want you to keep looking back at what I've done because I've got something coming that's new. And he was trying to challenge them to get out of the box, think outside the box. Let me read it. But the time is coming, says the Lord, when people who are taking an oath will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. You see that? So they they were going back to when God rescued them from the Egyptian bondage. Instead, they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land that I gave their ancestors. And of course, this is talking about them coming back to uh, Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. I shared this, I've shared this, I think two or three times in the last month. He's saying the exact same thing. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. It's the same thing that Jeremiah was saying. It's just worded a little bit different. But the point is, the Lord is trying to get our eyes off of what He's done, and He wants us to start focusing on what He's about to do. Here's the thing. A lot of things the Lord does, they don't come about until the people of God bring it in by faith. We've got to begin to believe that God is going to do something We need a revival. We've been praying for the wrong things. You see, if we have a revival, if if men and women begin to repent of their sins as they should, it will change the fabric of our nation and the world. It isn't going to happen through a politician. God may use those politicians, but they are not our Savior. There's only one, Jesus. And I I believe this with all my heart. God wants us to stop talking about the past and begin looking ahead. Remember the car? God had them invent something completely new. Do you think the people that were riding horses would have ever thought, oh, within a few years... We'll all be driving around in combustion engine cars. 
No. What, what's going to come next? We're already seeing it. I mean, we, we've seen electric vehicles. You've probably seen the hovercraft, maybe. Have you? And they're already setting up stations where in, like New York, the bigger cities, they'll land like three, four stories up. So you'll get in your taxi three or four stories up and it'll fly you to wherever you're going, Manhattan or whatever it is. That's coming soon. What does God have in store for us? You remember the Bible? Anybody have one? Do you know back in the 1500s, the only people that had the Bibles were a few well-possessed priests, and they clutched it with their life. And then what? The Gutenberg Press. And then what? They mass-produced the written pages that we see in this book today. And now we've got, I, I don't even know how many, 50-plus translations, English translations, for those who want to read it. I mean, every genre is there. Whatever you're looking for. They're not all accurate, but most of them are. Just had to add that little part. Gutenberg Press. Changed everything. The Bible today is the most read book ever. Right? No other book even comes close to what's in the Bible. The numbers, the sheer numbers. Now it appears that God is rescuing the church from print. What do I mean? If you just turn around and look, there's one, two, three cameras. And the two of them are new since yesterday. And I, I wanted to wait till now to say, thanks, Phil. I know there's four, but we're using three. It's good. We're good. But why? Why, why are we putting, why are we investing in cameras? Because the word is going out. Listen, the church has been sitting in its pews or chairs for far too long. And God has a new plan. All right, if you won't move, I'll move for you. And it's unbelievable the numbers of people that are tuning in through live stream and Facebook and YouTube and so on. And I'm, hear me, I'm not just saying that about us. We do have a, a wider audience that's tuning in. But I'm saying the church in general, people across the globe are listening to our messages. For whatever reason, people like English. It's kind of strange, but everybody wants to understand it a little bit. And I believe that was God intended. And because of that, they're tuning into our broadcasts and they're going to our websites and they're reading our stuff. And guess what? The Word doesn't return void. God's using this method right now 
in a way, and if we didn't have this, the people that are at home right now that didn't feel comfortable coming in here today, they wouldn't have any word. But thank God that you were able to tune in because of live stream and so on. Because of that, the Church of Jesus Christ not only reaches Gaylord, Michigan, but Guyana, Guatemala, Germany, Gabon, and so many more. See how I did that? All G's? <laughs> I, had to, I had to stretch that last one. With any new story, it requires a new cast, and this is where we come in. New people who will carry out what the Lord wants to see done. We need everybody to be on board with this. As I see it, God is challenging His church to be the church. It requires that each of us gets lit for Jesus and catches the Holy Spirit's new thrust. Now let me just say something here, because the ones that laughed are probably my age. To get lit back in the day meant something completely different. It, it had the uh, connection of being intoxicated or whatever, all right? Well, guess what? The word has a new meaning. I didn't even know it. When the Lord gave me this, I thought, I can't say that in front of everybody. Get lit. They're all going to go out and get drunk. He said, no, go look. And I did. I looked it up. And it says, and I was so pumped about this. It says, lit used to be drunk, mean drunk or intoxicated, but now the new meaning is something exciting, something excellent. To get lit means you're doing something exciting. You're, you're doing something that's excellent. And what more can you want out of this life than doing or finding the purpose God has for you? So how many are ready to get lit for Jesus? Amen. Amen. We need to stop telling the old stories. And if you're not from the Assemblies of God, you know, we, we love going back to Topeka. We love going back to Azusa Street. Ooh. Where God showed up. And poured out his spirit on the people. Hot Springs, Arkansas. And then we, we built the Assemblies of God headquarters in Springfield, Missouri. Mecca. I'm going to get hate mail. I don't mean to... I, hey, you know what? Assemblies of God... Springfield, they're amazing people. They are. But we don't want our anchor holding us back to the past. What they did was good. It got us to this place. But God has something new for us. Something excellent. Something exciting that he wants us to carry out. We've got to cut the anchor. I want to share a word from the Lord 
as I was putting this together, and I'm close to the end. You know, what's that mean? Nothing, but if you're new. But I, I should wrap it up in about 10. This is what God said. God's telling his church, stop telling the old stories and begin building the car. The church will not look like it was before. It's time to stretch your imagination and think beyond yourself. On a clear night, when you study the sky, what do you see? There's a vast universe that's full of wonder. And when one looks deeper, say with his telescope, it gets more intense, not less. More beautiful, not less. I want you to look deeper. Deeper into yourself and deeper into this amazing world that I have created for you. When you do, I will show you what you need to see and I will tell you what you need to do. What I've called you to do. Be the church. And then this last little part, be my church. As I begin to close, would you stand with me? You've sat there long enough. Get some blood flowing. Again, every, every, it seems to me anyway that every message builds. You know, what we had last week built this week. We have this week builds next week. Seek the Lord's face. Fast, pray, read your Bibles, meditate on it. What does that mean? Just take some time and don't be in a rush. To, if you're just reading it to rush through it and say, I read the Bible today, don't waste your time. Even if it's just a verse or maybe a, a paragraph or a chapter. And then stop and say, Lord, what do you want this to speak to me today? What, what's in here for me today that I can take and I can eat on this, feed on this, live on as I go about my day? It's not that hard. It's, it's not difficult. So do that fast. Pray. Meditate on his word. Look deeper. Into yourself. Into what God wants you to see. You know, too many of us are these fast food Christians. We want to pull up to that little box, say, I want a hamburger with cheese and pickles and ketchup. Don't get it wrong. Want my fries to be hot, a vanilla shake, make that too. And then when we get to that next window, it, it had better be there. Because that's how we've been programmed. But with God, come on, He's ageless. He doesn't want you to be the fast food Christian. He wants you to meditate, to stop, and to wait on Him. As that song said, 
Wait until you've heard his voice. And he has so much to speak into us. If only we take the time to listen. Look deeper with your spiritual eyes and invite the Holy Spirit to guide you. New levels, new adventures. Finally, he wants us to usher in his kingdom. I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but I believe there's going to be a big ushering in this year of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to see this firsthand. Hang on. And if your anchors are cut loose, whoo! Man, you better be... Have you ever seen those catamarans when they hit the right wind? Or even a, a single mast and sail. Wow, they're awesome. I mean, those guys, they fly. That's what we're going to do this year. If we're ready, if we're praying and fasting and trusting God, and we're going to be the ones that are moving along like that sailboat. Hallelujah. See what I did there? Isn't that cool? You can't even hardly see it, but the 19's crossed out, the 20's crossed out, 21 is new. In other words, stop worrying about what happened last year. It's behind us. I mean, if you acquired debt during that time, you probably ought to take care of that. But I, I, I wish that everybody thought like God. You get where I'm going. But this year, listen, it's going to be fabulous for those of us who take the time to press in, seek his face, repent if we need to. So many of us need to repent. of sins known and unknown. Would you bow your heads? If you're watching online, i just say this to you. With 2021 being a new year, what a great time just to refresh. Hit the reset button. And say, Lord, I don't know what you've got for me, but I want to be all in. <laughs> and if that's you, would you just lift your hand up if you're here? Hallelujah. You just want to be all in this year. Hallelujah. I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand twice. I don't know what it means if you're not raising your hand. But I'll leave that between you and the Lord. But I want this for everybody, including those of you on live stream. And I appreciate those of you who are counting the costs. Can I add this? And this is usually where I go over because I feel like the Holy Spirit does use me sometimes to speak into the lives of others. And I believe he was saying just right there, he said, Norm, he said, so the reason some of the people aren't raising their hand is because they know it's going to cost them something. But Jesus gave his all. He didn't hold anything back for us. Why would we hold anything back for him? Statistically, 20% of you are going to actually follow through with this. But wouldn't I love to see, and I know the Lord would, 50% of us 
or even 70 or 80 or 99%. Willing to do what it takes to let God in and begin to move in your life and in my life. But that, that doggone free will thing, He will not cross it. He won't. If you say no, then that's it. It's a done deal. You just go on with your anchor out. Lord, we need you. We needed you in 2020. We need you even more this year. We need something new. And I speak for the hope. I speak for this church, Lord, that we would be ready for whatever you have. Ready or not, here you come. And God, that we would be ready for that. Challenge us, Lord, over this next few weeks. Help us to to put our roots down deep into the Word of God in, in times of fasting and prayer. Help us to hear from you, to infill us with your Holy Spirit in new and in fresh ways. We need to be baptized, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to be baptized in water yet. Lord, help us to to be faithful to the calling that you put on our lives. And help us to understand what it is you want us to do. Our purpose. Why did you create us? Why did you make us? What's your intent for our lives? Help us to figure that out so that we'll be fulfilled that we'll have life and life in abundance. That's our prayer here today, in this new year. And Lord, if some of our folks are struggling with this, God, help them. Push them off the fence. Jesus said to those who were lukewarm in the church, Revelation, I believe it's three, He said, I would rather that you were hot or cold. But because you're warm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. God doesn't want a warm church any longer. He wants us to be lit for Jesus. He wants us to be on fire for Him. To count the costs and to say, I'm in. I'm all in. God help us with that. In Jesus' name. Amen. First sermon of the year. I love you. If anybody here needs to know more about Jesus, come and see me. I'll introduce you right here, right now. If you're online, email me if you need to know Jesus. God bless. Have a great week.